Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Fantastic. All right. Well, if you've got your Bibles with you, let's open them. We're going to open the Word of God right now, and I'm going to just step down here. We'll grab that first slide up, guys. We um, started to talk about um, Arise and Shine. Do you remember Isaiah chapter 60? Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Amen. And I just get this sense that um, in the next, uh, say, 20 minutes, I'm just going to be sharing a little bit about um, about what I sense the Lord calling for us as a church and in terms of people. How many know that uh, there can be um, an emphasis here on a Sunday morning um, that I pray and I hope that you catch as individuals for your own lives? You may not be aware of that, but that's actually what happens. So uh, I don't, um, you know, those who speak here at at, uh, MCC um, don't just come up with a a sermon plan or follow a sermon book or uh, how to to write sermons and where to put them. We are very much, you know, keeping our ear um, to what the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit would say in the moment today, not just for you, but for the community around us as well. And you see the church is called as an as the army of God the church is called as people of God we are called as people of God to step up and step into a place of hope in the community yes that's what carenet is doing yes that's uh, what so many of the volunteers uh, are, are doing and and are enacting and it's powerful and it's and and it is absolutely crucial at the same time if if all we did was um, deliver food to people then how many know that that's food is not the kingdom is not just food (laughs) the kingdom is a spiritual food that there is a spiritual hunger within our community today otherwise there wouldn't be all the supernatural movies the supernatural elements that people are diving into that is completely accepted right you know we know that um there are elements of the, you know, people within the life of, of uh, the community that, you know, celebrate Halloween. And, and it, you know, for a lot of people, it is a very spiritual time. If you were to speak with any uh, person that uh, has come out of the occult, then Halloween is a very significant uh, night uh, in uh, uh, the, the, you know, in the essence of um, spiritism, all right? How many know that we live in in a spiritual world all right I'm not talking to people who are unaware of that and so 
It is time for us um, as individuals and people to step into a new sense of belief, to step into a new sense of faith. And I want to just talk about that and we'll see where we go today. You, This first little bit would not be new to you, so I'm just going to uh, uh, skip over it quickly if I could grab the next slide. Thanks, guys. Good on you. So we're going to be talking about belief, faith, and we're going to talk about sometimes where there is the absence of belief and faith. How many, how many know that? Uh, how many know that our faith and belief tank isn't always overflowing and full? <laughs> right? Sometimes it wavers a little bit, depending on how much pizza we had the night before, or depending upon circumstances and situations that we're facing. Right? And so, um, and that leads to this sense of the very real, honest truth and honest conversation that there can be a struggle um, but then in that struggle we have this we have this opportunity that in the tension of the struggle we have this opportunity that we will turn to the Lord and you see whilst we're here on earth before we graduate into heaven when sorry let me put that again when we graduate right I, I don't believe we're ever going to have a faith crisis <laughs> So right now, there is a beautiful opportunity here on earth not to have a faith crisis, but to press in through the tension and the struggle. Otherwise, why is there a sacrifice? Now, I don't know everything that's going to be happening in heaven, but let me tell you, by the time we're there, there will be no question. Is there a God? (laughs) Hello? The Bible says when Jesus comes again. Every eye will see him. That's right. Everyone, everyone, when he comes, you know, when when there is the fullness of of faith in Jesus. So we're going to be talking about a little bit about that. How many know that faith is not, uh, belief is not necessarily faith? I can believe that Richmond will win the next premiership, but have very little faith that it's going to happen. I can be in a place of belief, um, but but Jesus calls us to believe. We know that the Bible says that he who uh, confesses with his mouth and believes within his heart that Jesus Christ is Lord shall be saved right, shall be saved. And I would encourage you that if you have not yet vocally and verbally said, Jesus, you are Lord of my life uh, and I need you uh, and I give you my life, then I would encourage you to do that because there is absolute belief but faith that Jesus is leading you into a place of salvation through that. But how many know that we can have faith all right, we can have faith. Faith is this essence of complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Now, the difference with faith as opposed to belief is that faith will always lead to conviction. Now, what's conviction? Conviction is not to be mistaken for compulsion. <laughs> but you are moved by what you are convicted of. It might start from a place of belief, but there is this essence of where we press into the fact that I'm convinced. It's like, it's where we get the word convinced. I am convinced 
that this is the truth. This is the direction that I must walk. I am convinced that this is what I must do. Now, in that, there are challenges and there are buffeting. It's a bit like when you go 10-pin bowling and you get those, you know, the cheap gutter, you know, the cheap, you know, what do they call them? The the bumpers, that's right. The, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Pete. But they're called bumpers. And so, and, and you, you, you bowl it down. And look, it does not matter. If you miss a, ten, a pin with the bumpers up, something is mysteriously wrong. Right? But as you send that puppy down, it could bounce a million times off each of the bumpers, but you're going to hit something, right? But that's not the way we live. That's not the way we live our life before Christ. Yes, there are bumpers. <laughs> the scriptural bumper is this. Though a righteous man falls seven times, seven times he gets back up again. Is that permission to sin? No way, no. But it is, if we do, Jesus is faithful to forgive because his grace is sufficient. Hello? How good is that? Right? That's really, really good. And yet, so as we live our Christian life without bumpers, we don't want to fall into the gutter. We don't want to gutter ball it. But what we definitely do would is like what Paul said. He said, when he got to the end of his race, he said this, I've, I've run my race. I've finished, I've finished my race. And now I've kept the faith and I'm going to press on towards the goal the prize that I've been given. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And you see, that is this essence of faith. To have belief is an acceptance that something exists or is true, especially one without proof. So we have belief. Yes, belief is good. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's so important to have faith. The Bible describes faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Come on, I, I want to ask you, what, are you, have you got faith today in something? You got faith that you believe, it's, it's like your faith that you're believing for. Are you faithing for something today? Did you test the chair before you sat on it today? How do you know that we just didn't, you know, shorten one leg or weaken it, that it fell down when you sat on it? No, you had faith. You had faith that it would hold you. Right? I'll tell you what, though, and you, you, this, is, this is my personal thought. Belief does drive our faith. Just the same as unbelief diminishes our faith. <laughs> we can say that we have faith, however, at the core of who we are, it is our personal belief that, that determines the outworking of our faith. So in the, in the essence of a rise and shine, either we believe that the Lord is raising the church up for this very hour, or we believe that the church is diminishing I believe that the Lord is raising the church up. I believe he's coming back for a glorious bride, not a decrepit, broken one. 
we are the hope of the world because of Jesus in us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So next slide. Next slide. Uh, yep, we've done that. Next slide. Come on, give the media guys a hand. Amen? Uh, yeah. Okay, so faith. <clears throat> um, let's, let's open to, um, which is the best story? Um, uh, let's open to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Um, Luke 8 is about the woman with the issue of blood that she had faith to press through, um, uh, to touch the hem of uh, Jesus' garment. I love opening my Bible because I find words that people have handed me and I'm continually reminded about them. Praise God. What verse? Verse 5. Let's read it. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, uh, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully uh, tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now, we have to understand a centurion was a Roman. Uh, and, uh, you know, they would not be seen together. Ultimately, um, Romans were ultimately hated by the Jews and despised by the Jews because they were the dominating government and, mind you, they were the dominating spiritual government over the entire community. Um, Jews were allowed to worship Yahweh, but it was conditional, right? And so um, the centurion answered, and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant would be healed. Wow. 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 What faith. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Like this guy's preaching a good word, right? He understands authority. Let me tell you, you can't have faith without authority. You can't have faith without the authority of knowing who you have faith in. Do we have authority on our own? Hang on, some we have. Some we have. There are people who are operating in their spiritual gift without Jesus who operate significantly in that spiritual gift. And have a sense of outworking and authority. But it's not subject to Jesus. You see, that's why we have to stay in that place of surrender to Jesus, you see. So we have authority. God has gifted each person with, a, with a, an authority. But there's no authority like that in Jesus. I'm sorry for that trick question. <laughs> there is authority. A, a policeman operates in authority. Is it the authority that he has himself? Well, it's the badge. But without the badge and he's still got a gun, he's still got a sense of authority. <laughs> and you don't have a gun. <laughs> That's power, isn't it? Well, this centurion was in that place of both right authority and faith. He knew where his faith was directed and his faith was directed towards Jesus because he recognised that Jesus was under authority. 
Jesus was under the right authority and that was the authority of Father. I think that we have to realise and understand that we are operating under authority. You see, this is the issue of submission. (laughs) We submit to one another. We submit to the law of the land. We submit to leadership that God has placed above us. But ultimately, ultimately, we must submit to Jesus because he is the ultimate authority. Amen. Verse 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Do you think Jesus was surprised? He marveled. It's like Ripley's Believe It or Not. (laughs) What? What? A man who has trees growing out of his toes? I remember that as a kid. I don't know, he had some fungus growing out of his feet or something. And I was like, evolution must be true. Maybe we didn't come from monkeys, we came from trees. Not at all. Don't quote that one on socials. But Jesus marveled himself. Do you know what? I think sometimes Jesus marvels at you. I didn't say he rolls his eyes. Oh, he does that too sometimes, you again. <laughs> but I think he marvels at you. I think sometimes he stands back and goes, that's, that's my brother, that's my sister. And he says, hey, Dad, hey, Father, take a look. And Father God goes, that's my kid. That's my kid. That's my children. Amen? Oh, awesome. Verse 10, when Jesus heard it, heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed. And he, you can hear a preach coming on from Jesus. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Whoa, hold on a minute. Hold on a second. You're calling, you're saying that that Roman centurion has more faith than every single person that you've seen in Israel. God's chosen people. Wow. That's amazing. Sometimes our internal conversation right now would be, well, no, I can't have faith like that. But, you know, the, the, the precious thing is that Jesus said, just the faith of the size of a mustard seed. You don't have to have great faith. You just have to have enough. <laughs> and when you experience one breakthrough, guess what? It gives you a reason to believe for another. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Whoa, hold on a second. He just challenged that Israel is the only one. And he said many from east and west. Do you know that we are from the east and the west? And we will come and sit down, can you imagine it, with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven? Now, that might be meaning the people, the person, the person called Abraham, Isaac, uh, the people called Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But ultimately, we have to understand that for those who have gone before, 
that now are in that state of without question. Without question. Friends, that is faith. Without question. Without question. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hold on a second. Weren't you just going to heal the son of the centurion, the servant of the centurion? (laughs) Didn't Jesus just unload something pretty amazing in this moment? But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's that talking about? That's talking about people who have not yet recognized the truth of Jesus, the love that he gives, the sacrifice that he made, the belief and the faith in him. And then Jesus turned to the centurion and said, go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed in that same hour. Jesus operated in authority because he was under authority. He was in that right place of belief. Amen? Oh. Let's grab that next that slide up. So often it comes in that place of belief, in that place that fuels faith and into that place of understanding authority. You see, authority changes and adjusts our stance. If you know of somebody who is sad, often they look sad, right? Their stance is different. If, if, if you can see it in their eyes and... and um, but often, you know, when there's somebody who is filled with life, who is expectant for life, equally you can see that in their life, right? You see, when we feel that God is absent, he's often the closest. We love the story of the footprints in the sand. And the footprints of the sand, if you haven't heard the story, is this is this story and this dream that a person um, had of where there was uh, um, two sets of footprints in the sand and, and they recognised that it represented the story of their life. And then they noticed that it, uh, the footprints um, went down to one set of footprints when life was really difficult in those difficult seasons. And then when things got better again, there were, again, two sets of footprints and and this person <coughs> in the story uh, turned to Jesus and said, why did you leave me in those hardest moments? And yet the story has it is that Jesus turned to the person and said, I never left you. It was then that I carried you. And you see, our stance often when we feel the absence of God is this opportunity that we press into him in a new way. Because when in heaven, we will never have that opportunity to worship him from a broken place. 
But here we have this privilege of going through the difficulties of life here on earth with that sense of, I'm giving it to you, Jesus. I'm pressing in. You are displaying your glory in my life. You are displaying your faithfulness in what you are doing in me and through me. I would encourage you that when you face those difficulties, and it's important to recognise that things are difficult, amen? I'm not saying live from a place of denial, but what I am saying, live from a place of where God is not absent, but He is incredibly present. Because the devil would want to say to you that Jesus is absent, And it's a direct challenge to that promise that Jesus said, Lo, I will be with you always, even to the very end. Friends, you are never, ever, ever alone. We live from this place of continual invitation of Jesus, I long to partner with you in this right now. Whatever the situation and circumstance might be, It could be even that it's your fault. It could be your own doing. But it's this beautiful opportunity. Well, that was me. I need your help. Even when you don't feel like it was you, (laughs) it's still the same. Jesus, I need your help. Just say the word, Jesus. Just say the word, Jesus. And can you, I can just imagine Jesus looking and marveling, going, great faith, great belief. Just say the word, Lord. Just say the word. And if it's not today, it's probably tomorrow. And if it's not next week, it's probably the week after that. And if it's not next month, it's probably going to be the month after that. But I know that faithfulness is who Jesus is. Hello? Let's look at that next slide. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to finish with this now. How are we doing? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me know when you got it. Second Corinthians chapter 12. This is Paul writing. He said, It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do know, God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. In other words, he couldn't tell whether it was, whether his body physically went there or he went there in the spirit. How he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. So in other words, God revealed paradise, heaven to Paul. Of such one... I will boast. 
Yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be, or hears from me. What is he saying here? Paul said that he's not going to boast in what has been revealed to him, but he will boast in Jesus Christ. Who's good at boasting? Not basting. Boasting. Come on, there's some grandparents here who pull out photos of their kids 14 times a day and look and go, oh, look at that. Oh. And you're talking to the checkout chick, you know, while there's a line of a dozen people waiting to go through and you're just showing them, look at my new baby girl. and Right? That's called boasting, right? You're proud of them, right? That's what happens. That's boasting. What if we were to boast in the Lord? What if we were to boast about him? See, this is what Paul is saying. I'm not just going to boast about what I've done or what I've experienced. What I'm going to boast about is what Jesus is doing and has done and how I've experienced him. We will boast in the Lord. And you see, this is the most beautiful thing about worship. This is what worship is all about. We are boasting in Him. Come on, sometimes this is a bit countercultural. We've been told, don't boast, don't boast. Don't be proud, right? Now, there's a difference between pride, self, selfish pride, but you'd be proud of your kids. You'd be proud of those who are around you who have accomplished great things, right? We see this is what boasting in the Lord is all about. And when we come together in worship, we step into this place of, ah, we're boasting in Jesus for He is worthy of all the praise. He's broken every chain. He has raised us up. He has given me life. He has, he has poured out His blood for the remission of sins. He has healed my body. He has set me free. And if He does nothing else for the rest of my life, He has already done enough by, by the accomplishment of the cross that He has saved me from certain hell. He has saved me from certain death. Hello? Friends, this is the boasting. And I think we've just got to get into this boasting and dial it up a little bit more. Because how would people know? How will they know how good He is? How will they know? Friends, the authority that you walk in, the understanding of His Word, the enemy trembles and we step into that place of authority. That we step into that place of the Word and we, we get to say no more to the enemy. And we say, no. No more. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against. And I think sometimes we have to understand that we're not beneath that. The Lord says, don't you know that you're the head, not the tail? You're above only and not beneath. And yet the whisper would be, you're not worthy. You're not worth it. Let me tell you, friends, you are so worth it. That's why Jesus died.
Come on, let's stand. Let's pray. There might be people here today that um, you want to step into that new place of authority. I just invite you right now. You can close your eyes and just and just say, Jesus, teach me your ways. I believe in you. I have faith in you. Jesus, right now, I just ask that you would strengthen us. Father, those areas of where we just feel weakened, where we don't feel up, up to the standard. Jesus, you just make all the difference. Father, we're not looking for easy, but we are looking for effective. And so Lord, in this moment right now, we just step in to this new place of authority. Lord, where our beliefs don't align to fuel our faith, Lord, show us. So that Lord, we can step into that new place of faith, that new place of increase, Lord. Lord, we we are not subject to the enemy. We are not subject to the buffeting that comes. But Lord, we are subject to you and you alone. Jesus, right now, within the authority that you have given us, we bind the work of the enemy. I just get this sense, I just hear this this cry of the Spirit right now that it's, let my people go. Let my people go. Lord, right now, Jesus, you, you said that you have come that to give life and life abundantly. Lord, right now, we just step into that freedom in faith in Jesus' name. And Lord, where the enemy has spoken, where the enemy has lied, and Lord, even where the enemy has spoken and we've believed it, Lord, we repent right now. And Lord, we step into that place of authority and we say, no more. No more, no more. And so, Lord, that we step into that place of freedom that You've given us, God. And right now in this moment, Jesus, we just say, we say thank You. Jesus, I give You my life. Jesus, I give You my life. Set me free from all that junk. Help me walk in belief. 
Help me walk in faith. Help me walk in authority, Lord, and help us exercise that so that we would see Isaiah 60 arise and shine. Lord, that we step into that place of Your glory that is risen upon us, Lord, that Your glory, Lord, places us in that place of victory in Jesus' Name. Hallelujah. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and His presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.